Hello, and welcome to Life on Maine, a daily podcast of Life on Maine in Charlestown, New Hampshire, where we discuss living life on the main purpose as designed by God. I am Pastor Tim Golden, and on these podcasts, we focus on growing in relationship with God, maturing in the faith through His Word, stewarding our relationships with one another, as well as learning to make disciples as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each day highlights one of these facets of spiritual character, growth, and stewardship, so be sure to come back each day to grow a strong and healthy walk with the Lord. Now, let's see what the Holy Spirit wants to show us today. We have a guest with us today, and found out about him through Dolores, friend of hers, and he has quite a testimony. And so we wanted to be able to give him some time today to be able to share about just about our good Lord and, and the power in which God operates sometimes Amen. in our lives. And sometimes he will work in the strangest of ways to get our attention, won't he? And so I want us to be able to have time just to be able to hear from him. So Jeff, if you'll come on down, we would love to give you the mic. And, uh, and when you're done, I'll take over. All right, let me smell here. Gage me here. I've never stood in front of even in school. I turn these things down. Don't, don't worry. Um, don't I'll keep the rocks here right. until after. I'll let you <laughs> Just share from your heart. Right. Just, just pretend these are your friends around the table. They all love you. All right. So I've never shared my story in public at all. I've shared it to a few people privately. Long story short is I never, ever, ever believed. I'd be the last person on this planet who would believe in that cross, any of this stuff, ever. Um, my life hasn't been easy, blah, 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 blah. July 25th, almost two years ago, um, I was on my sailboat, and I had a horrible day, and I've, I've had numerous strokes. I had one about six years ago. It should have killed me then. Long story short, my whole life made sense this day. Um, I was on my sailboat, it's just me and my dog. I got my blood pressure way up. I knew I wasn't supposed to. I've got a, I, you know, I'm a ticking time bomb with that. I knew what was happening. I was running back to my boat and I felt my artery doing something weird. My heart, something just didn't feel right. And long story short, the last thing I said, I knew I was getting ready to die. I knew I was getting ready to have a massive heart attack or a stroke that was gonna probably render me perilous or paralyzed. Um, all I can say is that the last very, I would, my life had started getting good. I put alcohol down about a year before that. My life started getting good, but I was giving myself credit for it. I was, had started seeing and noticing things that weren't coincidence, that were luck beyond belief, right? And I started acknowledging it, but I was still just trying to give the credit to me. I didn't want to acknowledge that there, somebody was paying attention to me. Well, that day, right before I died, I said, God, if you're real, you'll know I'm telling the truth. Because that whole day was rattled around something. When I quit drinking, I gave up my lies. It was hard, but my whole life I was covered in lies. I knew what was happening. The last thing I saw was my dog, and it went all black. This was not like my normal strokes. It was different. It went all black. I did not see the white light in the beginning. I'd always been so, but more curious than probably anybody in this room about the white light and what happens when we die. I've been petrified of dying my entire life, suffocation, anything. Um, I died. 
I know I died. At that moment, I thought somebody drugged me. It was so intense, but I woke up in hell in the darkest moment of my life ever. And I had done lots of drugs growing up. There was nothing like this. And I remember hearing people's testimonies, not knowing their actual testimonies of hell, but that's where I was. And I felt like I was stuck there forever. It was horrible. I don't want to get into it all, but it was real. I could not get out. And long story short, I saw a pin, and I mean the tip of a pinhole of white light. And if I was a tiny ant in here in the worst grass maze ever, it'd take me almost a year to get to that light. And then, <clears throat> it'd bring me right back, even more hopeless than last time. It'd be like all that energy I spent trying to get to that. It was like there was no hope. I kept feeling this, you're never getting out of here. You're never getting out of here. You're never getting out of here. I, something in here, it was God. Was it, something in here was different. I immediately got angry and I was not happy. I, I wanted out. I knew there were, I felt that there was a way out. The white light shined a little brighter to me. I kept going, I kept going, it kept bringing me back, but I kept going faster and faster and just shoving things out of my way. Long story short, I tell everybody this because this is what happened. At the very end, it was like a rebar, hot, metally mesh that I could not get to the white light. And I felt like I had to force my body through it, mm. cracking, flesh tearing. When they talk about in the Bible that I never read until after this day, the gnashing and mashing of teeth. It was something was not wanting me to get out. Um, the white light finally consumed me, and even though I was dead, I fainted from all the pain of this crushing and mashing. And right about the time, like I felt like I died again, and I woke up and I was very nervous to open my eyes. It was, and I, you know, I felt like I transcended up. And long story short, I was exhausted. I woke up and I felt like God was holding. Amen. And I saw heaven, Amen. and I walked through the white light, and there was my grandfather, and he was born in Claremont, I was born in Claremont, and he was sitting right there, and I could feel him, and God never spoke to me in words, but I knew exactly what was going on, and at that moment, I still was like, it was so intense. But things started to make sense. My life started to click, and then he went through my life. From the very get-go, in the hospital room, like he was in there. And through every horrible thing that had happened in my life, he was there. It was him. Nothing, not one thing, especially this right now, is coincidence. Um, and... He let me experience what we're going to get there if we believe. And his love was the first thing. And man, I'm going to tell you, there is no drug on this planet, man. His love floored me. He was so proud of me. He gave me all the love that nobody had ever given me here. He told me my life was worth it. Everything, it, my life added up to something. It all made sense to him. I was, I pleased him. Be because I, I, I think in hell I cried out his name. I cried out. I want, I knew there was something better out there. I keep going long story short. I mean, it, it was my grandfather. He, God never spoke to me in words, but the, I asked if I was in heaven and if, I, if he was God, and I wish I never asked. It is, and the Bible was there. The cross was there. There is no other way. 
And everybody needs to understand this. There is no other way. I was the last person on this planet that would ever believe that story. He had to kill me. He had to put me in that position to cry out to him. And like the gifts he showed me and what we get, none of us deserve this. Not, not any of us. I especially didn't even get a glimpse, you know, shouldn't have gotten a glimpse of it. But the, re the gifts he and what I felt, the freeness, no more wallet, all the crap we hold in our wallet, from your driver's license to your money, my phone, everything is on our phone. He took that piece by piece, my keys, it, every, and then it was just nothing but this. And that's all God was trying to tell me. He was here the whole time. I just had to let my guard down and I had to believe. Amen. Well, I, was, I didn't have the family, the culture. No one pointed me. I was pointed in the complete opposite direction. Long story short, again, I was, it was so unreal. And I was like, oh my God, it's all worth this. It's all real. And I... I started feeling myself going down. Yeah. And I looked down and the world was only that big. It was just like Google Earth. I go, holy. Then I started to realize what was going on. I'm like, I am I was just in heaven. What he showed me, I felt like I was up there for an hour. It was what he showed me was I just can't even there's nothing in that book that comes even remarkably close to how unreal it is. Like the universe, everything is his. It's all made by the one creator. Yes, amen. That's right, right? There's only, I mean, all you got to do is look around. I mean, and I'm telling you, the planet was that big. And I came back down and I was like, whoa, look at that. Is that the United States? And they go, wait a second, is that North Carolina? I still didn't really get it. And I was like, is that my sailboat? I was coming in over the ocean and it was just definite that that was my sailboat. And I could see my dog and I could see paramedics running down the dock. And they go, holy, I just died. And the last thing I asked God, I said, is this why people are knocking on doors with Bibles in their hand? They all knew something I didn't know. A lot of people were brought up with it. You know, it's so, I look at those, I'm so jealous of those people that had the faith since the get-go. I didn't, I had to die, I had to experience hell. I don't want anybody to have to deal with that because I truly believe if you don't know Jesus now, you're going to get a chance, but the devil's going to try to make the devil's going to persuade that decision so easily down there. Not everybody's going to be able to power out of that. Is how I feel. When I hit my body, I thought somebody drugged me. I did not want to believe it. I did not want to believe what I saw one little bit. Not one little bit, and I knew I had had a massive stroke. I was there was a cross in my hand. I never had had a cross. Never owned one. There was one clenched in my hand as I'm like talking to paramedics and cops, and everyone's trying to get my story. No one really knew what happened because I was down the dock, and I just started talking about God and Jesus, and and everybody. I mean everybody either had a cross on or a tattoo of a cross, and I just felt comforted and. Long story short, my mom wanted me to check myself into the hospital because I was talking about Jesus, God, and heaven, and everybody thought I was crazy. They had known me to never acknowledge it. This is where my story gets absolutely unbelievable. From that moment forth, God started going to work. He started dropping people in front of me that just started concurring. 
I realized one of my great chef friends was all over the news for being dead for 18 minutes, completely written off. And his wife was like, please, one more time, right there. He never talked to me about it. And I called him up one day, I was like, man, I've got to know what you saw. And whole, I mean, our stories were identical. He saw his grandmother, I saw my grandfather. It was, how come every story that somebody dies, they say the white light in God. There's like 1% that doesn't say white light in God. It is the white light. But what comes after the white light is what we're after. And all it, no matter how, I realized this. The three months later, I, three months, I just started reading the Bible, and when the people say, "We'll talk to," oh man, it started freaking me out. The way God started working in my life. I looked on my phone one day. This old man, seventy-year-old man. I never. I don't even know why I had his number. It said emergency contact. This is where God freaked me out. I was like, "What?" I had that weird feeling to call this guy. And I called this dude, I was like, Martin, I don't, I, G-O-D wants me to call you, man. And this guy laughed. Like, it was freaky but comforting. And he said, Jeff, I've been waiting for you to call me for seven years. He said, God lit you up like a Christmas tree in front of me. He goes, I am a minister. Seven, he goes, I traveled the world with a guy named Lonnie Frisbee, who is responsible for baptizing millions of people in California in the 70s. And I did all this research, the guy's telling the truth. And then I realized that nothing was coincidence, it was all him showing me, and one person out of another started saying, Jeff, it was God. Amen. It was God, it was God. I started reading the scriptures, the gospel, it all made absolute sense, because he showed me that in heaven. So, and I'd only read one book in my entire life. Of my cement, it took me three times reading it to comprehend it. It's just the way my brain's and works. But the second I opened the Bible, man, did it speak to me. You know, and we're in the end times. That's what God was telling me. Seven years is what he told me. I'd be stupid to not say that to anybody. Seven years, that was at the beginning of the coronavirus. That was almost two years ago. Seven. To this very second, we came out here, exit seven to get here. He will not let me. I'm not ever going to lie in front of him. He'll strike me down. We know how this works. And put me here for a reason. you got to believe. you got to spread it because he's coming back soon. It's only going to get worse. You know, the world's only going to get worse. I don't even know why I'm talking about any of this. But three months into it, I it hit me like a ton of bricks. Jesus is real. And it hit me like, and I, I was sitting on my sailboat. And I had this weird feeling, I think I might have had another stroke this day or what, but I dropped down to my knees and nev never felt so convicted in my life about every horrible thing I had ever done. And I realized all that stuff that Jesus went through, the physical, mental beatings, all that stuff, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't even have a chance. And I dropped down and I went right to Jesus with everything in my heart. And I said, man, I cried about every, I spilled, I said, take it all, please. And he, they saw me. God saw me in hell and he know how hard I tried to get out of there. And he knows what I'm capable of. And I said this, I said, my faith is so strong you could nail me to the cross. I am all in. You can drag me around this street for 10 days. 
with a chained up thing and take you 10 days to die, it's worth it. All of it is worth it. I've seen just a taste. It's all worth it. Nobody's life is bad enough not to accept Jesus in it. And he, I mean, he, what he's done in my life in the past two years has been millions of miracles. And he's been using me to get it. And he will light me up. A hundred people will light one up and he will use that testimony he gave me because this is all about him. And he will put me in front of that person and he will use that testimony to wake them up. Because their faith has been shattered from death, corona, whatever. And he and I'm telling him, I was the last person on the planet that deserved to look at it. He brought me back for a reason. This is it. Amen. You know? And that's pretty much all there is to it. The day I gave him my life, I didn't even know what saved was. But I was saved that day. And the experience I had at that moment... I don't think I had a struggle, but God got me again, brought me to heaven again that day. And every last question I had about my first experience, he answered. And then the sec that time I was coming back over my body, I knew. I was all, there was no more scared in my heart. I knew it was Jesus. I knew God, the Bible, Jesus was all real. I'm sorry. It's all real. It's, and that's all I can say is I've had a lot of friends turn in that I never would think call me and say, man, it's real. You were right. It's real. And that's all that it's all about. That's all. Even at, even at the beginning of my life, I've been in seven massive car accidents. One when I was five years old in Claremont, you can Google. I should never have lived through. Never. He's kept me here for one of these reasons right here.
that's it. And if you notice in his testimony, did you notice you take all of your emotions, you take all of your memories with you? You know, that stuff doesn't fade once the body fades. It just testifies more of the reality of it all. Um, man, what do you say after all that, right? But um, one share a story with you from a little bit of a different perspective. It was um, recorded actually in a book by a woman named Nancy Guthrie. It was entitled, Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross. And she cites the following story by a man named Tim Keller about the power of Christ and his resurrection. A minister was in Italy and there he saw the grave of a man who had died centuries before, who was an unbeliever and completely against Christianity. But yet he was a little afraid of it too. So the man actually had a huge stone slab put over his grave, not at the head of the grave, over his grave. So he would not have to be raised from the dead in case there was resurrection from the dead. Okay, so he didn't believe in this stuff, but yet I'm not taking any chances basically what his attitude was. He had insignias put all over the slab saying, I do not want to be raised from the dead, I don't believe it. Interesting. But evidently, when he was buried, an acorn must have fallen into the grave. So a hundred years later, when this minister was at the gravesite, the acorn had actually grown up through the grave and split that slab. It was now a tall, towering oak tree. The minister looked at it and asked, if an acorn which has power of biological life in it can split a slab of that magnitude, what can the acorn of God's resurrection power do in a person's life? Amen. I think we heard a little testimony of that here this morning. Yeah, we did. Keller goes on to comment, saying, the minute you decide to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit comes into your life. It does some pretty wild things, doesn't it? It's the power of the resurrection, the same thing that raised Christ from the dead. Think of the things you see as the movable slabs in your own life, your bitterness, your insecurity, your fears, your self-doubts. Those things can be split and rolled off because the more you know him, the more you grow into the power of his resurrection. See, if... The resurrection power could raise Christ from the dead. Jeff, what you experienced was nothing for him. You know? And think about whatever it is you're going through right now. We got a lot of people in our church body right now. We were talking about that this morning during prayer before service. We got a lot of sick people. Yeah. No, no. Let me rephrase that. That's not right with that. Some people look at it and say, you are a bunch of sick people. Uh, we, we've got a lot of ailing people, let me put it that way. <laughs> Man, open mouth loose. <laughs> but we've got a lot of ailing people, but let me ask you this. How big is your God? You see, because if, and, and I hesitate saying this, I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to, I'm going to take it all back. Just because I don't know a better, another way to say it. But if God loves us so much while we're yet sinners. Yep. 
that he'll stop with nothing to reach us. What's what you're going through, really? Nothing. You know, if he loved you that much before you came to know him, my tendency would be to say, how much more does he love you now? But the truth is, he can't love you more. He loved you just as much then as he does now, and he loves you just as much now as he did then. You see, I think that's the part we have to come to realize is that he, I think we're okay with that, okay, he loved me then as much as he does now. But I think sometimes we wrestle with the, he loves me now as much as he did then. We almost get this attitude like, God, I know you can reach me where I am, but then once we begin to walk with him and, and we mess up, and we do things that we know aren't pleasing to him, there tends to be an attitude of, well, God, if you can see it within yourself to try to forgive me, right? Anyone else ever been there, or is it just me? You know? How big is your God? What kind of God do you serve? Because, you see, God is faithful. He doesn't change. We just got to be able to let him be who he is. And sometimes he'll, he'll invade us, much like he did with Jeff. Right? But there still comes a point where Jeff had, you have to respond, didn't you, Jeff? You know? And smart decision, by the way, the one you chose. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, but what did he have to do? Just totally surrender. Are we totally surrendering? Whatever it is you need in your life, whatever mountain it is, whatever thing in your life that feels like it is dead, it needs somehow to be resurrected. Do you understand that God can do that? Yeah. Will you trust Him to do that? There you go. We're going to be spending, I'm not going to get through most of the sermon today, that's a okay. Because we're going to be covering this over the next, it might be three weeks. Um, but I feel like God really wants us to be in this aspect of what is the power and the glory really all about? And again, we just, heard the, we just heard the message of the power and the glory, right? It was a power that was able to, to so impact a man that it brought someone who had absolutely no framework for the kingdom of God because, unfortunately, shame on the church. We didn't let him know. So God had to reach him the way he did. Right? Let us not cause people to have to get there before they hear the gospel. Let us be the ones who share it. Amen. You know? But the resurrection power of God reaches where he, to, to bring forth his glory in us. And that glory doesn't always mean that we're comfortable doing things like you said, talking in front of people. But, I don't know, did anybody, was it just me? Or did you guys see a little bit of a transformation in a man from the minute he spoke his first line? Uh, I, I've never done this. I don't know. You know <laughs> did anybody else, and, and, and Jeff, don't, don't hear me wrong, I'm not trying to make fun here, but did you see the fear on his face yep. being up here? But did you see the obedience? Yes. And what happened when he marched forth in obedience? Did you hear? How long did he have to talk before you saw God totally take over? About two sentences. And then God moved through him. He gave him the words. And 
Do you notice, do you see the passion build? Do you see it get to a point where it's almost like he just wanted to keep sharing? How many yeah. wanted to keep listening? I did. You know, that's when you know the power of God is in it. Will you let God use you? See, interesting thing about them, I'm not even going to bother doing the notes because I'm not even in yet. <laughs> Thank you, Lance, for your prayer earlier. <laughs> If you want to have resurrection power in your life, something's got to die. And I think that's a big message we all need to hear. I think even as believers, if we want to see the resurrection power of God in our lives, what's got to die in you? Jeff killed himself. Figuratively speaking. When he said, yes, Lord, when everything in him said this God stuff isn't real, this God stuff is a farce, and don't, you know. And then God confronted him. He still could have chose to believe that. But God wouldn't let him. <laughs> but God didn't make him. He still had to make a choice at some point to say, I believe. <laughs> I, you are who you say you are. It's not just that heaven is for real, God is for real. You know, and he was willing to make that admission. But what had to die? A lot of things that Jeff wanted. Right? Even when it comes to pride. Pride's the big one. Right? And sometimes it's even being willing to do things that are way outside of your comfort zone. When was the last time you let God take you out of yours? He really stepped out of his comfort zone today. You can see it. But when we're willing to do something, do you see how God makes up the difference? In our weakness, he is made strong. But you've got to be willing to let some things die off if you want him to resurrect you and be the way he wants you to be. And I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord, we all still have things that need to die. Amen. I've now been walking with God for 55 years, not that that really means much. I don't people that walk with God 50 years, so some people have walked with Him five months or further ahead. And you know, you probably know some people like that. <laughs> but I've been walking with God for 55 years, and I can tell you this much. There's still things in me that gotta die. I'm not there yet. Anybody that knows me for any length of time, you get to know me, you'll find out I am not perfect. And I never will be until I go home to be with him. But you know what? God's love isn't about me being perfect. If it was about that, then there would be no need for grace. If, it, if, if I was going to be that, there would be no need for forgiveness. And if, if that was possible, there would be no need for his unconditional but what is required of me is just every time that he shows me those things, will I let him crucify those things? And then will I let him raise up the man he wants him to be? Will I, will I choose to not only share him, will I be willing to live him everywhere I go? Right? I will let him have that kind of power in your life. You can do some pretty wild things. And he'll take you some places you probably normally wouldn't go. But I'll tell you this much, it's worth it. 
Every step of it is worth it. Mm -hmm. There's never been one told those 55 years that I thought, gee, maybe I should live life my way. <laughs> you know, and I'm not the smart, <laughs> you know, and this is not a put down, you know, I'm not the smartest kid on the block. But man, even I know when I've got a good thing. And that good thing is Jesus. Amen. Right? It's not just some ideology. His resurrection power is real. And it is powerful. Will you let him do what he wants to do? In you, through you. Right? Lord God, we thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you for, for this testimony that we've heard today. For the life of a man, Lord, that was willing to step out of his own comfort zone just to be able to share his story. To be able to testify of your goodness, of your grace, but Lord, to also testify very loudly, not just that there is a real God, but there is a real devil, and there is a real hell. And that Lord God, your desire ultimately is to have us with you. God, would you be with anyone that might be tuning in, that might even be here, Lord, that doesn't know you? Would you move on their hearts, Lord God, and help them not leave here this morning until they have made a decision, Lord, to say, yes, I know God is real, and I'm willing to give them a shot in my life. Lord God, would you speak to those people? Lord God, those that are maybe online that might be in that same place, Lord God, would you be with them, Lord, as they are in that place, Lord? And, and God, we just, we just pray the simple prayer that God would we fail. God, we're broken. God, we're dead spiritually. And God, we know there's nothing we can do to begin to measure up or to become the people you want us to be. So Lord God, all we do is we just bring all of our brokenness to you. We just bring all of our junk. And we lay it before you and we just say, Lord, have us. Have our lives. Have our all. And God, would you move us out and number with you? We receive the gift of your, of your son. We receive the gift of his blood over our lives, over our sin. Now, God, lead us in the paths that you have us walk down. And God, we, we give you glory in that. And Lord, for those of us that do know you, Lord God, would you help us to put to death those things that need to be put to death in our own lives, Lord, so you can speak resurrection power in and over us, Lord God, to bring us more into your likeness, more into your into the people you've called us to be, people that are truly walking by your spirit. Lord, people of boldness, people of intentionality, people of integrity, Lord, beyond our own capability. Would you have your way in us and through us? We get give you honor for it all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We want to thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. We pray that it was beneficial for you. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for another episode of Life on Main. You can learn more about our church by visiting our website at lifeonmain.org. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash lifeonmain, where you can learn about upcoming events and find links to videos of these broadcasts and sermons. You can also view our sermons on our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash life on main with each of those words capitalized thanks for listening to life on main and may god bless you